happy Friday, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in on the fun today. It should be an interesting podcast. We have some great, great questions. Uh, very different than some of the ones that we've had in the past. So I'm happy and I'm pretty excited about those. And uh, this is your last day, Heather, joining in on the fun. Yes. Oh, yeah. Amen. Well, usually you're not here, actually. Usually... Put yourself on. I have to tell them all the time to put themselves on. Hit or miss if I'm here. Yeah, yeah. it's hit or miss because usually it's your time to pick up one of your kids. Right? It is. So normally I don't even have her in here every now and then. And then Vanessa's not here because Vanessa's headed off to Fort Worth because she's going to, her and her husband are going to go and lend their support to Jonathan and Adalis. Getting Fort Worth Revival Today open and started on Sunday. And then they're going to meet up with some of our friends who I've talked about, Kristen and, and Lee. But Kristen, I talk about more. Um, they're going to, they live, how far are they from Fort Worth? Like 45 minutes, I think. I think it's 45 minutes. And they're going to go and they're going to be there for the grand opening of Revival Today Fort Worth. If you're in that area, if you live in Texas, which I don't think many of my viewers do, but hey, you never know, cause like someday you could just, you could just kind of like mosey on over to this podcast on YouTube or something like that, and it could be a year from now, right? You could find out about revival today in Fort Worth. Great, great pastors, uh, great evangelists, good friends, and uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's Jonathan preaching. On Sunday, and then uh, Dallas is preaching in Pittsburgh. So this is their, which means they're both going to be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> can't go wrong with those two. Yeah, you can't go wrong with those two. Speaking of all. Kristen, she is the first official person to buy a mug online. Aww. Yay! It's exciting that it was her. That is exciting. Yeah, that's a good. But hey, did Vanessa tell you you could give her a bunch of this stuff? Yeah, I put a whole little box together for. Her. So you you sent it with her because uh, she told me she was going to tell you that, but I, I just want to make sure. Yeah. So if you're watching, Kristen, I already told her it's a coming. care package is coming. And there's not one for item me. for Kristen. There's one item in there she can't share with people yet because it's not available anywhere else. <gasps> oh, I know so what that is. She'll know what it is when she opens it, but uh, I didn't yeah. tell her what it oh, was. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's right. I forgot you were sending her that. Yeah. She so. will. She might need it when the grandbabies come. True. True. Other than <laughs> that, she has actually no use for it. Unless she's... so, Kristen, don't don't show that yet because it's still in the works. We're perfecting it. It's secret, it's top. Secret. But once we get that, it will be. Will that be a gift that we send to somebody if they give to the? I don't know. We'll I'm see. Wor we're working on that. We'll see. Yeah, we're working on, like, if you give to the podcast, what we send you, so, <laughs> which I haven't even put that on yet, because right. it's going to be a good one. So, um, d so, listen, let's go to the, the so, oh, that's what I was going to say. So, Tracy's back on Monday. Heather's last day is today. Tracy comes back from vacation. You know what? I'm going to tell you this. I ate lunch with a sweet friend of mine, I will remain, I, I will not name her just in case she doesn't want me to tell anybody, but I ate lunch with a sweet friend of mine and she doesn't watch live. She watches replays and she was saying, she's like, man, the podcast has gotten so much better from the first podcast to now. I was like, well, that's a compliment. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. But I, but you know, always, and this is one of the things we were talking about. Everything always evolves. Yeah. When you first start something, you're like feeling your way through it. This is for people who are like starting a business, um, starting new ministry, starting a new hobby. Like nothing ever stays the same. You should like everything always, there's a perfection that you're going to be. Even next year at this time, we will not look like this. Way different. Way different. And you should look different. You, you should look the same. <laughs> Yeah, you should be perfecting that skill set. I mean, listen, Tom, Tom's podcast, he is breaking numbers like crazy right now. Off the charts, uh, like consistently um, in different, in, in, um, and part of it is because he hasn't stayed the same. Like he is always making that podcast 
him and Aaron perfecting it. So, um, so that's what my team and I are doing. We're just perfecting it constantly, which I think like most people I've only had, uh, I've only heard of maybe one or two that say they don't like the chiming in from the peanut gallery over there. Everybody else though, absolutely loves it. See, I love it. Like I, I love everybody's perspective because none of us think the same. And obviously Logan is far out there. She, we, <laughs> as we learned on Wednesday, she definitely does not think like us, which makes it super fun. Yes. Right? You got to add the spice. Logan's our spice. Ooh. And a little weird too, all at the same time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She's our little weirdie. But hey, you're a hot weirdie, so what does hey, it matter? Thank you. Yeah. You look great as a pregnant girl. Like, I was so hideous. <laughs> Me too. I was not an attractive pregnant person. Well, I'm, I sound like I'm a transgender right now <laughs> with the pronouns. I'm not, I was not, like, you can turn her on right now. I was not a pregnant, I was not a really pretty pregnant uh, girl. I was a woman because I was in my 30s uh, when I got pregnant. Well, you look great. Like, you have not had one ugly moment. Like, I had acne, like, out the wazoo. I lost my hair. Oh, oh, it was terrible. It was like my face blew up. So did my body. And I only gained like 30 pounds, but like water retention. Pregnancy and I did not agree. I, I'll give birth yeah. all day long. I loved giving birth. Super, oh been, gosh, it was great. It's been good to me. It's not, it's not been bad. And I feel horrible because my sister's also pregnant and she's, hers is rough. Really? Really rough. I so really wasn't sick or anything like that. I was just, I was hideous looking. I really felt bad for Tom when we went out. They were like, ooh, gosh, he's married to that? <laughs> I did, uh, I did start working out again. So You're working out? I am. Now, what are you doing in your workout regime? Uh, lots, of, lots of body weight stuff. and just, Oh, so you're not lifting weights. You're using body. That's good for you. That's yeah. better than lifting weights. Weight. Yeah. yeah. And, Especially since you stopped. Yeah. And just uh, high-intensity cardio, like. Stairmaster and walking incline stuff like that just to prep my body just yeah. to get ready oh yeah I walked not a lot but I did walk <laughs> to the refrigerator <laughs> to the refrigerator <laughs> that's what I did <laughs> listen I gained like 30 the most I gained is like 32 pounds I think or maybe 35 Heather why don't you tell everybody how much you gained <laughs> yeah so <laughs> at least 60 girl likes to eat Still, we would go. Pounds. Yeah, easy. How tall are you, Heather? Five one and a half. <laughs> That's all, baby. We would go out to dinner, and I'd be like, "We're gonna have the fajitas for two And they're like, "Oh, oh are God. you sharing with your husband?" I'm like, "No, that's for me and my baby and my belly." Me, me, and him. Yeah, because she uh, up until you know Brindley, it was all boys. Oh, yeah. uh, but you didn't gain hardly any weight with Brindley. Like thirty five. Yeah, you did. Let me. You were super skinny with Brindley. Yeah. I can't say that about the other ones. No, for sure not. Yeah. No. But her pregnancy was way different than the boys. Yeah. That's true. Different. And you were older. Yes. And that has a, I mean, that tend- yes. has a tendency to make things yeah. a little different too. But 60 pounds. Uh, you're so tiny. Like 60 pounds. What the heck? Well, I didn't even think about it. It was like you can eat more, but they meant like a banana is how much more <laughs> you can eat. <laughs> not fajitas for two. <laughs> So You're allowed to eat more. <laughs> and you thought a lot more. Whatever you want. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. It is. But you look great, Logan. Thank you so much. You're a hottie, girl. I, I needed that today. No. Oh, please. Listen, if I, looked, if I looked like you every time I looked in the Preach. mirror, I would have been like, <laughs> hot dog. Hot dog. No, that is not. Like, I'm not kidding you. I was... It was had, not. It was not a, pretty. I, just, I had a moment last night where um, I never experienced it in my life, but I was literally crying and laughing at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not. There weren't tears of joy. There were tears of sadness. Absolutely. And, but then you were laughing in joy. <laughs> Those hormones sounds about man, right. They're a killer. Never, never experienced that. that was, Those that hormones are like, yeah, wackadoodle. They're intense. No, oh, yeah, they are. It, yeah. Last oh night. yeah, they, like you really, uh, like you have to really. If you're not careful, you have to make sure. I I, I say this with uh, sorry, men. 
ladies' days, when you have your ladies' days, you have to really control that emotion because, like, for me, that was, like, I would. I think me and Heather were talking about this. Like, my, at, at that time, I was in severe pain. I had, like, when I was telling Logan, when I finally went into um, um, labor. labor, thank you. When I finally went into labor, like, I realized, like, my menstrual cramps had been, like, at three, four, five, like, centimeters dilated. So when I'm having that, I was like, oh, I can handle this because I don't get a break every month, and it lasts, like, for two days, maybe longer. Well, when you're in labor, like, it contract, you have a contraction, then it let go. Then you have a contraction, then it lets go. And you're like, oh, I can do this. This ain't nothing. Ladies' days are rough. And women, you have to learn to control your flesh. That's all there is to it. You don't get to be ugly and mean just because you don't feel the greatest. That's life. You don't take it out on people. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not their problem. That's a you problem that you're going to just have to work through. My doll's great, though, if you don't have a lot of faith. <laughs> but but try the my doll, first. ladies, if you don't have a lot. Italia goes, yes. I mean, eventually you should be able to handle all of that, pray through it, and, you know, get it to where it's manageable or gone. I never got to the place where it was gone. I never did. But I got it to where it was manageable and I could handle it. And I didn't need anything and I just, you know, whatever. But my doll until you can control it and now let's go to the questions because i've like you want to go over how they're gonna oh, support you yes why don't you do that while i take a sip of oh okay well the poison let's see here i'm not a very big social media girl so like and share on facebook it looks like subscribe on youtube uh or you can go to blackrobetv.com and comment I don't know what the other ones are. Where, where do you ring the bell? Is that YouTube? YouTube. Tap the bell is YouTube. Tap the bell is YouTube. Wait, isn't that right, Brynley? Brynley's over there. Brynley knows the know. rules for uh, YouTube. Isn't it tap the bell, Bryn? Don't you tap the bell? Click, click the, bell. the bell. We are both wrong. It's click the bell. And then we got... Thank you, Brynley. Oh, talk to me, Goose. How much are those, by the way? How much are those mugs? We're well, not making 25 any- because that's how much we pay for them. Yeah, we're not making any money on right. them. Okay. So these are our new mugs. Hot diggity. And then Hot diggity. See. Oh, wrong We're very button. unusual because usually people, when they are selling things, they're making money on them. And we're not big proponents of that. We basically are like, whatever it costs, we'll sell it for. Right. Um, I love that T-shirt, though. I love, first of all, I love that the first one is all Tracy. It's so perfect. You be you. It's super cool, though. It is super cool. She, she did, did a great, great job. job. Hey, Jinx. Shocker. Oh, yeah. Pinch, pinch poke. Yeah, she did a great job on that. I'm super happy. So, listen. If you want to tell somebody to be themselves. <laughs> oh, but Tracy believes that you be you is meaning be you in a Christ-like way. Right. Not be not you. Not your old self. In a, your new self. In a, yeah. Be the new you, not the old you. Amen. So, yeah, that's right, girl. Um, all right. So, what are we doing, Heather? Are we ready to go? Yeah. First question. First question. Let's roll. Am I in the right spot? Yeah. So, I know that I'm not supposed to date a person who isn't a Christian, but I met a really great guy who isn't saved, but is wonderful to me. He doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, and he has a really great family. Or he has a great family. He is perfect. I'm finding it really hard not to find a reason to... I am finding it really hard not to find a reason to go out with him. Well, geez, Louise, how many times have we heard this? Yeah. I, every time somebody's newly saved, this is happening. That's what I was just going to say. I wonder if she's 100%. Saved. Yeah. Every flipping time. And she I mean, knows the answer, mm-hmm. but she's still asking. Yep. It's, uh, I'm telling you right now, Satan is very cunning. Say, if you are a girl, I'm going to say this. If you are a girl that is dating or is thinking about dating somebody who is not saved, and then you, okay, the problem is, is you know better, like Logan said. And yet, 
You know that you're not supposed to do it, but yet you're willing to do it. That right there is a big glaring red light. You, you, doing it anyway says to, to be a hearer of the word and a doer. Yeah. You're, you're not to be just a hearer, but you're to be a doer. So to, to, to know something and then do it anyway, like what will that lead to in the rest of your life? Yes. It's, it's like that's a big deal. Like who you date is a daggum big deal. But I will also say this. Women who are Christians, men who are Christians, and you're dating a person that is supposedly a Christian or calls himself a Christian, and their lifestyle does not replicate that, Yeah, that's this is basically the same thing. Because the Bible says we're not to be unequally yoked. If you are a woman who is dating, that you're a Christian, and you're dating a guy that is lukewarm, which is not saved, but pretends to be... Uh, has actions of Christianity on Sunday and then lives like the devil uh, Monday through Saturday. Okay, they're not saved. They are calling themselves a Christian. And you know, daggum well, that they're not because their lifestyle is showing that they're not a Christian. But because they've labeled it, you're saying it's okay because he says he is, so that means I can. No, you're not to be unequally yoked. So if you guys aren't like on the same level, spiritually speaking, you shouldn't be dating them either. And really women, men should be really careful. Like uh, men, if you're dating a woman, uh, you, you are to be, uh, if you get married, you'll be the priest of the home. So the woman will be following you, right? But if she's not spiritually where you're at exactly, she should be pretty dang close. And men and women, if you are ahead of the man and he's down here spiritually, then you need to be his friend until he catches up. Correct. Because I can promise you, if you marry that guy, you're going to be miserable. He, you will have no respect for him because you will be the priest of the home. And that's a miserable existence. Like, you don't respect him. How can you respect somebody that's following you? It doesn't work like that. It's, oh, somebody's calling me, I think. Because <clears throat> my, my uh, computer just phased out all right so um let's see let's go to scripture everything everything that we do everything every decision you make everything that you do should come from the word you should not make one move and I'm not talking about should I go to Burger King or Kentucky Fried Chicken tonight (laughs) I'm not talking about that that's not Bible-based. <laughs> but people, you're so spiritually minded, you're no earthly good. Like, that should never be. But I'm talking about, like, things from big to small. And a small thing would be, um, a small thing, I'm not talking about sin. Um, what would a small thing be that you could just, you, you seek God's counsel on and you look to the word for it? That's super small, but it, it's not that it's compromised, but it's just something that you would want to seek him out on. Should I quit this job or should I take another one? You say that's not a big deal. Or you say that is, <clears throat> that is a big deal. But I say in the word of God, it's really not that big right. of a deal. It's not like uh, if, you, if you quit that job and you take another one, there's another job out there. If you date somebody who's not saved and you get married to them, you ain't, there's no going back. Right. Like that's a big deal. Jobs are not, uh, but you should pray about, Lord, do you want me to take this job? Is my steps are ordered? Is this part of the order, right? So it's a big deal, but it's not on the scale of things. Oftentimes it's like lower. Um, 2 Corinthians 6, 4, 8, uh, 14 through 18 says, <clears throat> Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawless, lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? That Belial was a idol. Okay, so it's telling you what, what does Jesus have to do? Would they be together? Would they coexist together? Heck to the no, they definitely would not. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? 
The next sentence is super important. It says, for you are the temple of the living God. So if, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? God and idols do not coexist together. So what would you have? You are the temple of God. So what part of you has any business being with somebody who is not a believer or is not another temple of God? It has nothing to do with it. it. Because you are the temple of God, that's why you don't get involved with an unbeliever. Because you don't have anything in common. There's nothing in common whether you believe it or not. It's not about that this person is perfect. They're such a great guy. They're, they have a great family. They're everything you ever hoped for in a, in a guy. Except for the biggest part, which is they're not saved. That should be number one. Mm-hmm. Personality, being funny, having a great family, somebody who treats you like a queen, all of that is irrelevant if they're not saved. It's like it, you don't, they don't even exist. They're not a blip on the screen. And I will say this too. Yours is about a relationship with, a, um, with the opposite sex, right? But people get in business with unbelievers. This, it, this applies to being in business and unequally yoked in business with you're a Christian and you've gone into partnership with an unbeliever. Get out. I have seen it so many times uh, because what happens is your business principles are not the same as their business principles. And the things that they will do, which can be unscrupulous and, and actually um, biblical sin, uh, deception, deceitfulness, all these things, now you're, you're attached to that. And whatever the, they do under the guise of your business, guess who's also accountable for it? You are because you're tied to that person. Am I correct, Heather? Absolutely correct. Yes. And typically, unfortunately, if there is bad, it typically will outweigh any good that you have in those situations, regardless of even if it's a small thing they do, that's yes. going to be what's highlighted in that yes. business. Oh, yeah. And like, here's my thing. Like, not to say that this is what would happen, but if they are, if they're committing fraud, right? Well, you're going to say, "Well, I'm a Christian. I would never commit fraud." And you know what the federal government's going to say? <laughs> I don't care. You're in business with a right. guy. <laughs> what you being saved got to do with it? Just kudos on being a Christian. Great job. Kudos <laughs> on you not being the one that was actually doing it. The problem is, is your partner was. So now you're going down with the ship. That's how it works. Yep. Like, you don't think that that could happen because, you know, that's so far-fetched. Well, a lot of people have thought that. And guess what? They in prison. Yeah. Because their partner was committing crimes. It's not good. So let's go back to the question about dating. So let's, let's like I was saying uh, a minute ago, you got to think of the future. Like, if you're in business with somebody and they're committing fraud, what does that future potentially hold for you? If you don't know that they're committing crimes or they're doing something unlawful or they're lying and being deceptive to your clientele, there's a future consequence for all of those things. And one is maybe it's not jail or anything, but you start losing business because of your uh, business uh, associate and now it's going to cost you everything. Same goes with if you get involved with somebody who is not a believer. If you, so let's just think about this. You say, um, I probably won't get married, so it's not a big deal. Well, I say, what if you do get married? Now you're going to go to church by yourself, right? Because he's not saved. He has no desire to go and get saved. How do you know that you're going to stay, uh, let's say you don't even get married just yet. You're, you're dating him. He has no rules. So you don't think he's going to try and be promiscuous with you? He has no rules. You have rules. And eventually, your rules won't apply. And he'll kind of like, we all know it. We've all seen it. Like, how's, a right, how's the proper way to say that they, they try and wear you down? Manipulate? No, because they don't manipulate. A lot of times, it's just wearing you down and um, getting you to a place where... You compromise. You compromise because... You are enjoying the very thing that he's trying or she's trying to get you to do. Like it starts with kissing. And then once you start kissing, then it goes a little further. Then it goes. And then then you just can't even stop. First base, second base. There you go. Third base, home run. Full of compromise. Because he has no rules. Right. Home run is like the winning game. 
and you lose when you. And then I think for people, they they're like, oh well, I already did it once, so I've already done it. Let's and they continue to live in that sin. Oh yes, that's exactly. Listen, I'm telling you, what you start thinking is, well, I've gone this far. Yeah. So I mean, really, what's the point? And then they start to lie to themselves and convince themselves that I'm still saved. We're in it's love. It's just one thing. He's yeah. going to be my husband. Oh, yeah. He loves me. But so you're it's okay. planting bad seed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard two Christians. Get go. <laughs> I do air quotes. Two Christians tell me that God told them to live together before they were married and nope. it would be okay. Nope. And this wasn't even people who were internally secure. They basically said God told them that it was okay for them to live together. And I'm like, were you in the same room, in the same bed? And were you fornicating? And they're like, yeah. But God told us it was okay kind of thing. And I'm like, you don't read your Bible. You that, have convinced that's yourself, your flesh, not like the Holy Heather Spirit. said, <laughs> of a lie. Right, yeah. You convinced yourself of a lie. Or I've literally heard people say, he loves me. He loves me. So how could it be wrong? He loves me. Or you don't understand how much we love each other. You've like our love, our love is like no other. I'm kid you not. And I'm like, and this is when I had been dating Tom for three years and not done one daggum thing. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? You, I've been dating somebody for three years and you think your love for somebody and after six months is so much deeper, please. But people will fool themselves, huh? One of your black robe viewers suggested inviting him to church and seeing how that goes. Seeing, I mean, there. Are, I mean, that is a good question. Why aren't they? Saved? Well, I mean, if, if it's someone you're interested in, you could have them come as a friend, though. But you don't pass yeah. that friend line until, <clears throat> and that's not like a two month process. That's like no. a year of okay, they've come to church. They're not just coming to church because of me, and they want a relationship with me. But they're coming to church. Because they're still unequally yoked, even if he comes to church, I agree with him. You you should invite them to church, yeah. Because if if you're interested in them, you obviously care about them, so you should ultimately care about their salvation, yeah. Where they go, that's vitally important. But you don't invite them, like Heather said. You don't invite them with the intention of if he gets saved, now I can date him. No, you're not going to be able to date that person for quite some time Mm -hmm. unless they grab hold of the gospel and go and chase after it farther than you are. If they go past you, then yeah. But what will happen is potentially, this is what will potentially happen. If this person gets saved, radically saved, and they start seeking what God has for them, you probably ain't it. Yeah. And the reason you probably ain't it is because they're going to listen to what, the, what God says and who he has for them. And if you were willing to date an unbeliever, you probably aren't that strong. So you probably ain't it. You might be, but the odds are, how many times do we date somebody and they're actually going to be the one we marry? I mean, I dated a lot of guys. The odds of me, you know, slim to none. So you being, if he's, if that person's relying, now, now they're also saved and they're asking God, is this the person you want me to date? The odds are God's going to tell them no and you ain't going to be, you ain't going to be around anymore. It's very different when you let God, like, be the Lord of your life. That's why when we say the sinner's prayer, that's one thing that I never take out or I hardly ever try and forget to remember. Because when you get saved, you are no longer Lord. He is. And he's the one that calls the shots. And he's the one that's going to tell you where you're going and how you're going to do it. And you get to follow, which is, a, is an easy, easy plan. It's way easier than you being Lord of your life. Because he'll do it far better than you. And... The rewards from it are far superior. So I, I just think like to myself, I'm like, if I was dating somebody who wasn't saved, I end up getting married to them. I'm like, now I get to go to church all by myself. Yeah, that stinks. I would hate going to church by myself. Yeah, absolutely. Not, that would not be in the cards for me. But if they're not saved, doesn't mean that they're completely off the table. But you just have to be patient, take the time, and see if they are interested in a relationship with Christ. And if they prove themselves and they rise to the occasion and they do commit their life to the Lord and a significant amount of time goes by, then maybe they are the one for you. But if you both grow in that time, they may you might not even be attracted to that person at all once yeah. life changes for you. 
Yeah, but then you also have to think of if you stay with this person and they don't get married, and they and you marry this person, they're not saved. You go to church by yourself. What if you have kids? Yeah, no. I see. I'm a big like no. I'm a, I, I was, I'm a dreamer. So I was saying don't don't date them. No, until no. I, firm. I I totally yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying if you ended up doing it, yeah. you have to think of the future. I'm yeah. always thinking. Oh yeah. Way in advance. That's mm-hmm. one of the things Heather can probably tell you. One of the things I'm always doing yeah. is going one year out, two years out, five years out. Yeah. What's this going to look like? Whether it be this podcast, whether it be the church, whether it be my family, uh, wh- even the people who are um, on staff, where are they going to be at? Or what, Lord, what do you have for them? So that Tom and I can always be propelling them and getting them to a place where God wants them to be as well. So we're like a, I'm a, I'm a forward thinker. You should be a forward thinker. You should be thinking, what's my future look like with this person? Not the now. The now is always great. Right. But the future isn't if you don't plan for it properly. And I'm just saying, if you have kids with this person, and they don't become saved, their family's not saved. So now you have in, uh, people who are of an influence over your children. Your husband's not going to fight them. Uh, he, his influence is going to be heavy because the males is usually very dominant. So now you're fighting your spouse, his family, and you might need to be like duking it out and arguing. I'm just saying their ungodly influence will now be over your children, which... You need to be thinking eternity. Yeah. Where do I want my kid to be in? Do I want my kid going to heaven? Do I want my kid to, to have an eternity in hell? If, if it's heaven, you definitely don't marry an unbeliever. You don't because now there is um, a divide. A house divided cannot stand. There is like, um, I was going to say hypocrisy, but it's not hypocrisy because when it's an unbeliever, they're being themselves. Right. So what's happening is you're trying to teach your kids to go one way. The spouse, albeit they're great and everything, will be t- teaching their kid to go another way. Train up a child in the way that it should go. Uh, listen, uh, you can train up a child in the way that it should go, and you can train up a child in the way that it shouldn't go. And when you're in a house where that one spouse is saved and the other spouse is not, you are confusing the tar out of your kids. And don't think that that they're not going to want to go the way of fun or the way of the world, because they will. It'll be very difficult for you. You can get them to go to church as a very young child and even get saved. But it'll be very, very difficult to keep them in that environment. Highly difficult um, when... The rest of the family does not live that out. And for me, a lot of times people make poor decisions and he's the greatest thing and he treats me great and his family's great and he's perfect and la, 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 la. It's it's really good because right now uh, that sounds all great because in this moment where you're at, you're probably lonely um, you want to, to feel like somebody cares about you. You want to have somebody say kind, uh, beautiful things about you, have your ego stroked, all these other things. And um, temporary pleasure for I mean, what will a man gain if, or what will a man uh, give, if give for, what will a man gain if he gives, his, uh, gives up his, hold on, I'm looking that up. Because I can, oh, I can't, I can, like I just quoted this the other day. What will a man gain if he, Gives up his, hold on, but he gives up his. Give an exchange? No. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? There you go. For what does it profit a man if he gains the world but he loses his soul? Mark 8, 36. So, you, you know, what will it profit a man if he gains the world, which is you get this guy. But in the process, you lose your soul. And here's the thing. You may be able to withstand the temptation, and you may be able to be this godly uh, woman or girl that you want to be while you're involved with him. But what will a man gain if if he gains the world, but he loses his soul or his children's or her children's souls? Like for me, it ain't worth it. Like I think of those things. When I got my life right with God, I was like, 
I'm never going back. Like what I what I lost and what I got what I um got back, I was like, no one, no thing is worth losing all that I got back. Yeah. The value that I, I I did not understand the value in what I had in my relationship with the Lord prior to walking away. And then when I got it back, I was like, like I might have had my claws in deep to my walk with God and, and, and how much I loved him, which I still do, but it's far more now than it is yeah. back then. Yeah. And I, there's, there's no way, no thing, no one that's going to divide me from my, my relationship with, with the Lord. It's not going to happen. I'm not doing it. Um, I literally say put a gun to my head because mm-hmm. I promise you I will, den- I will not deny him. Okay. I love him that much. It, it is, I know that I know that I know if I was put to the test, I would say just pull the trigger. Because for me, all I'm going to do is go and see him. You're not hurting me. This world's crazy anyway. But um, I can just promise you the only person that's going to change if you start dating him is you. <laughs> he True. ain't changing. Correct. The odds are he's not changing. You know what? When I was in a, in, when I was in a um, youth group, um, the youth pastor did this great analogy and when he was talking about dating, I always remembered it. And you probably, when I start telling you, you'll go, Heather, you'll be like, oh, I've heard that analogy too. What he did is he had a, a, a girl on, to, on, a, on a chair. She was standing on like the seating part. So she was standing on the chair, like where you sit. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Am I explaining that yeah. well? Uh-huh. And then she had a, he had a guy down on the floor. And what he said is, now, girl, what I want you to do, Susie, I want you to pull Joe up on top of the chair and have him stand where you're at. And she tried with all her might. Can't do it. And she was not able to do it. And then he said, Joe, pull Susie down to where you're at. And literally, with one little tug, she's down. And he's like, that's like dating a nonbeliever. Susie, you're the Christian. Joe's not. How hard was it for you to pull him up to where you're at? virtually impossible but how easy was it for him to pull you down that's christianity pulling somebody up to christianity and it's way easier for him to pull you down into sin it's the way it goes very true yeah huh very very true very true so remember you think you know but you don't know and you better think about future because future super important it's just not you it's your it's your generational future Like for me, like it's not, it's your grandbabies. Yeah. It's their babies. Like I think of those things. Like and I even pray right now. I pray for my yeah. kids' kids and their kids' kids. I do because like I want them saved. And I'm saved because my mom told me generations before we had pastors and they all professed that they prayed for the generations before them that they would all be saved. Super important. So I carry that on. Because it's invaluable. I am here today from the prayers of my great greats. I truly believe that. So anybody want to add anything to that one? If you're local and you come to church here, like find us. We have a Tuesday group. You can come and meet Make girls friends. that want to see you with somebody who will yeah, get you closer to God. Make friends. Listen, when I was single... Like, I was never really lonely when I was single because I just made sure I stayed busy with friends. And I had some great friends. And uh, I, I had more fun with them sometimes than I had with the guys I had dated. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. promise you, I can promise you, in the, in the world, I had way more fun with the, my girlfriends than I did with guys I dated. And I didn't usually date them. Like, usually it was a one-stopper. You go, you meet them, you know, you go out and you're like, yeah, I don't like you. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> Next. And I was mean. I was a mean girl. No way. <laughs> I was not a very nice person. So I was not nice to guys on top of that. But And the cuter you were, the meaner I was. It's true. Like, if I set up a date with you and I stood you up, and they where are you? Why aren't you here? I'm like, I'm sure you've done this to a girl before. You'll be fine. <laughs> I remember doing that to somebody. I'm like, trust me. Feel? <laughs> I'm sure you've done this to somebody. You'll be fine. Yeah, I was a hateful individual. 
It felt really good at the time, but you know what? It's not very nice. It's not, that's not a nice thing to do to somebody. No, for sure. Yeah. It's terrible. It's just rotten to the core. But next question. Enough about me. How about you? Okay. I have heard people say that when a friend or family member dies, that now they have an angel in heaven looking over them. Is that true? I cannot tell you how many times I've heard people say that, like, when grandma goes to heaven, now I have an angel watching over me. Have you ever heard that, Heather? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And people genuinely believe that the loved one that they've lost is in heaven angelically watching over them and protecting them. Actually, people pray to people. I, I, will, I will confess, like, every now and then, I'll be like, hey, guy, can you tell my dad hey for me? Because <laughs> I miss him, you yeah. know? So I'm like, hey, somehow, some way, is there a way you can just say hey for me, you know? But I'm not, but I'm not like talking to my dad. Right. I mean. Your earthly dad, no. Yeah, my, my dad that passed. I'm not talking, I'm not, but I just, I just don't know how that, all that works. But I definitely know my dad's not an angel watching over me. My dad had horns every now and then. <laughs> he was he's he's a little feisty man. But like, when you're in heaven, you're you're not going to want to sit and watch someone on earth. Still, you're, that's not why you're there. You're going to be praising the Lord, right? So well, but but the thing is, is I will say this too. Like when Lazarus, and I mean not Lazarus that Jesus rose from the dead. When there you when we hear the story of. Um, Abraham and the poor man in, in, in Abraham's bosom and Lazarus, the rich man. Okay, the rich man, he could see the poor, the, the poor man who was sitting outside of his house, he could see him in Abraham's bosom and he actually asked Abraham, can you just let him? So, so the thing is, is there is communication to what I don't understand. It might be just for that story. But they can see. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why it would be extreme torture for the ones that are in hell is because they'll be seeing the life that they could have had if they would have just followed God. And they would have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. See, the part of the torture is seeing what you can't have or what could have existed for you. I think that's, one of the, I think that's going to be one of the worst things mm -hmm. for people who aren't saved and who are in hell. Because I do believe you're going to be able to see it. Because the, 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 the story is clear. The communication is there between the, the chasms or whatever you call those things. So let's look, at the, let, let's look at what the Bible says about angels. Hebrews 12, 22 through 23 says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. To the, uh, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. So angels are angels, and we were the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Okay, so angels do, they're spirits. They do not have a physical body. We have the physical body. We have souls. They do not. Uh, we are very different. And like Jesus, when he walked this earth, he said, we'll be like the angels in heaven, but angels do not marry. They don't procreate. Um, so meaning they don't have kids. So we will be like them when we go to heaven, but we will still be different because they are spirits and we have a physical body with a soul. Now, Matthew twenty two thirty says, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. So that word just proves what I just said. Um, but we're not going to become them, guys. We're not. We're not. We're two different beings. Uh, it says in the, in the scriptures that um, angels are superior to us in some ways, but we are superior as well because... We can make the decision to serve him or not to serve him. Now, angels can too because obviously uh, Lucifer chose to walk away and took angels with him. But here's the thing. Angels don't have a redemption. 
We do. They, they can't be redeemed. We can. So we even have something that they don't. Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, I know that like the back of my hand, but I was reading that. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you reading that? <laughs> I had to memorize that at Burnley's age. I think I did too. King yeah. James version. King James version. Yeah, King James version. That's funny, huh? Brenly, yes, I know how old you are. <laughs> My goodness gracious! I'm just saying that uh, we have some similarities, but we are very different all at the same time. And uh, even though we have similarities, we're still two different beings. And I know that breaks some people's hearts yeah. because they, it, it makes them feel so good to know or makes them feel so good to think that maybe a family member is up above and watching over them like that. But there's nothing in Scripture that even comes close to that. It does with angels, though. Angels are finite. God is infinite. Okay, what does finite mean? Finite means having limits or bounds, right? We have limits and bounds, too. Angels do not. But infinite is limitless or endless in space to the extent or size, impossible to measure or calculate. So God is infinite. He can do whatever he wants. He is limitless. He can go where he wants to go. He's like, uh, where, when is it when you can be, a, you can be all over the place? Omni- uh, omnipresent. Present. Thank you. God bless. We can't be. Right. Angel in Hebrew and Greek means messenger. So we also know about Gabriel. Gabriel was a messenger um, angel. So angels are messengers, obviously, because that's what it means in Greek and Hebrew. Um, Matthew 18.10 says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven are... um, Let me go back. Gabriel was a messenger angel. Angels help us out. Now let me take you to the scripture that says this. And I'm going to slow it down so I can explain it to you. Matthew 18 says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. This is Jesus saying it. For I say to you that in heaven their angels, and it says T-H-E-I-R, their angels, meaning these children's angels, always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So... We have angels that guard and protect us and keep us safe. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Do we inherit salvation? Yes, we do. If we choose to make Jesus Lord and Savior, then we have a salvation that is provided to us in eternity. We are saved. So the ministering spirits are angels. Angels protect us. Psalm 91, which is one of my favorite psalms of all. 11 and 12 say, for he shall give his angels charge over you. That means they protect you. They take care of you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, the angels' hands, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So for me, I'm like, that scripture right there, like so many people walk around so scared and so fearful right. and so worried. But, and that's where your doubt and unbelief come in. If you believed what that scripture just said, you would know you have nothing to worry about. Amen. You have something that is there to guide and protect you and keep you safe. Each of us have an angel and he guides, or I say it's a he, guides and protects us and keeps us safe. Do you believe that or do you not? If you do not, then... Read the verse you, again. You won't be. <laughs> do you have to be a believer for that to be true? Uh, do you have to be a believer for you to have an angel that protects you? Mm-hmm. I'd have to dig deeper into the scriptures, but I think it's kind of like tithing. I think each and every single one of us does have an angel. I think there's scriptures that say that in Psalms it says that God is wicked at the at the God is wicked at the wicked every day so old testament but still if god is angry at people who are not saved by the wickedness that they do do they have an angel no probably not if he's angry at them why would he give them that provision but i also know people who 
practice tithing. They're not saved. Right. And I'm just telling, they literally give to the church. They practice tithing because they understand the principles of giving. And their business, they reap so much, and they won't not tithe because it's a covenant. It's a principle. God's word says, if you do this, I will give you an abundance, Malachi. I w- you will not be cursed with a curse, right? So they understand these principles, so they apply them to their life, even though they're not believers. And actually, God's covenant and his word makes them prosper. Yeah. So personally, I'm going to say this is my opinion, but if you're not saved— then no, I don't believe that they're, because you're not under the protection of God. You're, you're a vessel of the devil. Like yeah. a house divided cannot stand. When you walked away and there could have been nights where you wouldn't have made it home, do you think someone was protecting you? Do you think God still had his hand on you in a sense? Like, does that make sense? Um, I think God knew that I would come back. Yes. Okay. But I think that he honors the prayers of the righteous. Okay. And so my parents were praying for a hedge of protection around me to keep me safe and not to have anything harm me. They did it on a regular basis because I was wild. And they were like dogmatic about making sure that they prayed safety over me okay. and protection over me. I think the only reason why... No harm came to me. It had nothing to do with me because I was wicked. But I think God honored the prayers of my parents, which he will. He does honor the prayers of his people. But it was, out, it was not because of me. It was because of them. So. No, that makes sense. I'm just going to use that. You're going to okay. just use what? I'm going to use that. I'm going to start. I pray for specific people who are not saved all the time. So oh, I think yeah. I should start praying for their safety. Oh, yeah. A hedge of protection around them because they're not deserving of it because they don't live under they don't live under the guidance of they don't like there's when we become saved we're sons and daughters mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they're not sons and daughters so they don't have that hedge of protection that comes from being underneath um, God's realm and so that that does hinder you um, you're you're the whether you know it or not. You're worldly, so you're you're just living. You're just living. You, you may you may get well. I'm not the devil's son. I don't act like him, but you can't. It's it's very clear in the in the word. You'll love the one and you'll hate the other. Either you'll love the world and you'll hate you'll hate God, and you may say, "Well, I didn't say that," but because you never said, "Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life," you've now said, "I choose the world over God." And when you choose the world over God, the two can't come together. You'll love the one and you'll hate the other. That's what it says. Yeah. So that's just the way it'll be. And because of that, you may be the most moral, most kind, most generous, most honest person that's out there. But if you're not saved, it's all carnal. It's all because you're just a person of character. Somehow, some way. You believe your kindness and your goodness will get you into heaven because that's who you are. That's not what the Bible says, though. And there are a lot of people who believe surely a good God, a loving God, would not send somebody who does nothing to anyone but do kind acts and um, embrace people for who they are and give when it needs to be given. Surely he would never send me to hell. He will send you to hell. You will send you to hell, though. He will have to send you to hell because you've chosen the world over him. You've never said, Lord, thank you for for dying on that cross and thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I repent of my sin and I'm not going to live for you because you never did that. You said because you didn't really want to live for him. You wanted to still live and do what you want to do. Even if it's the nicest things on the face of the earth, you still didn't choose him and you still didn't repent. And yeah. it, that, that's what the, word, but the, but the Bible clearly says. We're to win the, dislike, win the lost and disciple believers. That's our job. Because that's what Jesus did. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You have to repent. That's all there is to it. Now, a lot of people will be afraid. And they won't accept what 
the hedge of protection that's around him. But I will tell you, Heather, you want to put that up? I mean, my son, Tommy, when he was a little boy, he would be so scared to go to bed at night. He would be so scared. So what I did is I put that picture up that Heather just posted. I put that picture up for him in his room. I've actually sent this. Put that back up there for me, dear. I actually sent this. I have sent this picture to, I can't tell you, so many people, adults. Because I think we forget that we're not alone. And so when Tommy was afraid at bedtime, I had him, I had him with that pick. And one of the things that helped him was it helped him realize that he has someone protecting him. He is not alone. Um, even if it's, it's dark, there is a, a bigger, stronger being in that room that can kick some keister and he can go to sleep and not have a care in the world. And for people who live in fear, who live in worry, who are scared, I mean, you may not be scared of the dark, but you're scared to get in your car because you're afraid of something happening or you're afraid for your kids to get in their car and drive down the road because you're afraid that they might get in a car accident. Okay, listen, me, I've prayed. There are angels around my kids' cars. There's angels around my car. My car. Um, no harm will come near us. We are safe. We have a hedge of protection around us. I have, I have put angels around my house to guard and protect us. So nothing, nothing's getting through that force field. Right, Norma? <laughs> nothing's getting through that force field. <laughs> I listen. I wish I could show you that video, which I'm using. I can't use that video. It, it, it's a YouTube video. Listen, it might offend some people, but it's dang funny. <laughs> Nothing's getting past those angels. That's all I'm going to say. I just got sidetracked because my daughter came in the room, and then it's a joke that her and I always do. <laughs> I might post it on my Instagram. I might. That's a good idea. I might do that. It's pretty dang funny. Um, Watchers in the night. What? The name of that picture, Watchers in the night. Just in case anybody wants to get it. Or help. Yeah. Listen, there's something to be said. You're not alone. You're okay. Angels are around you. I could, listen, there are so much about angels. They are throughout the Old Testament. There are angels that visit, like when Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, when, when uh, God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he sent the two angels in to rescue Lot. Um, and they, they were the ones that destroyed the town. And the angels are everywhere in, throughout Scripture. You should study them out. It's God, how he created things, and, how, and the way and manner in which he does things is just mind-boggling yeah. and blowing, you know? And when Abram, um, when Abram uh, was being told that Sarah was, Sarai was having a baby— there was where he's going to get pregnant. The, the, there was an angel, and then they and then there was a third man, and they said it was. They say it's the son of God. It was Jesus. So Jesus was present when Abram. He was. Me, they were messengers. They came. They ate. Abram had the had uh, food uh, dinner made for them. Food made for them. Uh, Sarai was told to make some some food. The, in that conversation, while they're waiting, she has found out. Um, she overhears saying that Sarah is going to have a baby. She's old. She starts to laugh. They accuse her of laughing. There's, I mean, it's like, and Jesus is in part of those times. You'd be shocked. And it's just a beautiful thing how um, God does things. But study out angels because people take angels way too far. Yeah. Like, they take them way too far. Um, but... Like, I love what Jesse DePlantis says. He talks to his, too. You know, he's seen, he's seen lots of angels. Um, and, the, the, you know, um, how God wants to, us to dwell with him is on such a higher level than we allow him to. And a lot of people will go, yeah, that's crazy that Jesse DePlantis has, says he's been to heaven, that he talks to God, that he's seen angels. But really, that's the plane that God wants us to walk in. Yeah. And, and, but we never even come close to it because we always think he's here and we're here. And really, we're seated right here. next to him. We're right next to him. <laughs> right. It's like the Holy Spirit is right with us. 
and we can have such a deeper uh, walk, a more connected walk, a more friendship, um, father, uh, lover of my soul kind of relationship with, with God and Jesus and Holy Spirit if we wanted them. But most people won't allow themselves to go that far because it's way more fun to scroll on the phone, uh, watch TV, be on the computer, be a workaholic, uh, be chasing after somebody, be chasing after love because they're lonely, uh, filling that space with a hobby, whatever it is, instead of God. And the more you fill it up with God, the closer you get to him, the more you see things that you never thought you'd see. Yeah. But everybody that I know of that, like if you look at Rodney Howard Brown, Pastor Rodney, he's, he's had um, the Holy Spirit in his room. Jesse DePlantis has had major Kenneth Hagen, um, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake. All of them had visitations from the Lord. I remember um, it's John G. Lake, I believe. Uh, Satan came in and was standing at the foot of his bed. He he woke up. He looked down at the foot of his bed and he goes, "Oh, it's you." <laughs> and he's like, he went put his head back on the pillow and fell right back to sleep. When you have a strong relationship with the Lord. Satan is nothing, yeah. but we allow Satan to be so much because of our lack of relationship with God. Yeah, absolutely. The bigger the relationship you have with God, the more uh, victory and authority you know you, you walk in, and he's got nothing on you. Amen. You find out how small he really is yeah. in comparison to how big God is. But again, you got to turn off the screens. You have to like... If you're a reader, you have to put the book down unless it's the Bible. Quit reading books about the Bible. Amen. Read the Bible. <laughs> like perspective. Everything's in balance, right? Amen. So I listen, I hope you guys have I am now for over 4 minutes, correct? 1 minute over. 1 minute over? Woohoo. I can never read our clocks cuz our clocks are so flipping confusing to me. What? It's 4:01. Oh, that's telling me it's 4:01. You ran out of time. So, yeah, it's now 4:01. Okay, so it's 1 minute and 38 seconds I have run out. I hope you guys have a really great weekend planned for you. Listen, I'm going to ask you to do something because um, Pastor Jonathan and Adalis are very dear to me and Tom and my family and to a lot of people in this Amen. room actually. Mm -hmm. Heather is we all love them dearly. They are good friends. Yeah, Brinley's one of her best little buddies is their daughter and Magalis's daughter. And Magalis is very important to us too. So I'm asking for you to, um, if you're listening to this, I'm asking for you to actually pray for them yeah. that this Sunday is a blowout, that they have the best opening um, service that any church has ever had, that Jonathan is anointed, so we don't need to pray for his anointing, yeah. but that when he speaks the word, hearts are prepared, they're open for whatever God has for them, that they will see prophetic word received, not the prophetic word will be given, I can promise you that, Amen. but it is received by the people that it's yeah. being spoken to, that when people go for healing, that they have the faith and the unbelief is out to receive the healing in their body like this weekend be life-changing for the people of Fort Worth and that revival today like starts out with the biggest bang ever yeah because they're great people they are some good good people and they're great friends so um just tomorrow today tonight tomorrow and maybe when you wake up in the morning because they're what two hours three hours behind us Fort Worth is two hours correct I think it's two yep so two hours behind us so when you wake up They'll still be getting ready. Just pray that everything goes smooth as it can, smooth as can be. Satan doesn't get an inroad an inch. That it's like the biggest Sunday and the biggest thing they ever. It's bigger than they even dreamed. Yeah. All right. So be doing that with me. Hopefully you have a really great weekend, and uh, go out on the boat. Is it supposed to be nice? We're supposed to be getting some cool weather around here. I don't know. It's supposed to rain. It's supposed to rain. So wear a raincoat. Put your umbrella up. Live life. Don't miss church on Don't Sunday. Don't miss church on Sunday <laughs> just because it's raining. My gosh, the weakness of people. True. It's ridiculous. Go out on your boat on Saturday, not Sunday. I mean, Sunday. the weather's <laughs> been kind of nice. And and here's the thing. Sports. Mm -hmm. Sports started up and people start 
going and listen, if your child plays a sport on Saturday and you're gone all day, that doesn't mean you don't come to church on Sunday. Preach. Okay, that sport started up and it's like people have felt like they We're can tired. take off. Huh? <laughs> We're tired. I'm tired. And it's not just that, but I mean, I will say like church for the last two uh, Sundays have been less than normal but the three before that were like easter size yeah. level for us they were like huge like a lot of people in the in the service so that just means that people are getting lazy god's priority people yeah so if you live around in or around the state um, or no if you live out of the state if you're watching you have a church hopefully you have a church otherwise but our also i will tell you our numbers are blowing like we're breaking numbers for the number of people watching uh live stream for yeah. our services too on sunday morning if you don't have a church tune us in you can ch- check us out on youtube black robe rumble, rumble. <laughs> heather doesn't know either facebook facebook yeah so do that too. Let's say the sinner's prayer together. If you don't know Jesus or if you did and you need to get your life right, let's do that right now because that's like what does it matter? That's the biggest and best thing or the most important thing we can do today. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you for dying for my sins. I thank you for the stripes that you bore and the bruises that you took for me to be able to go to heaven. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Whatever you say to do, I will do. Wherever you say to go, I will go. And if you tell me not to do something, I won't do it. Show me your plan. Show me your will. And I will accomplish it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Have a great weekend. Again, don't forget to pray for revival today. They, they don't need it, but they need it. Right? Yeah. We want to support them. Love you guys. Have a great weekend, and I will see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Real talk.